Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Hackettstown, New Jersey, from Cat Swamp Road. And hopefully things are going well for you as you listen to this. And uh, it's been uh, <laughs> an interesting week here, but the good Lord uh, has kept my ship upright, and I'm sure he will do the same for you if you had a challenging week. And when you don't have a challenging week, then just be extra grateful and thankful that you've been blessed in in that way to have uh, an easy time of it, right? So, uh, hey, but that's what life is about. It's about the challenges, and it's about the struggles, and it's about the heartaches. We all want, you know, a nice, nice sunny days, right? But we also have to recognize that nothing grows in the, or very little thing, very few things, I should say, is proper English, grow in the desert. So we need to have those rainy days and those storms. And um, and even somebody who grows, uh, I was going to say sweet corn, uh, soybeans. I've never grown soybeans. But so they tell me that when the plant is stressed a little bit at the, at the proper time in its growth stage, that it bumps the yield and pushes the yield. So I guess in life we need to have a little bit of stress, but at the right time, and it will push the yield and make our life more fruitful in all different ways. And then not necessarily financially, sometimes it is, but just that we're closer to the Lord and we become a better person and and have a different outlook and outlook and perspective, not prospect, perspective in life, on life, and that we are able to uh, help others, because isn't that really what it's all about at the end of the day? It's the mark that you make on the world, and and hopefully God willing, by God's grace, that he uses this podcast and this episode today to um, have you learn something that brings value to your life and to your operation. But we have a couple of winners, right, because we're doing two winners every week for the Hot Rod Farmer license plate, and the... uh, let me not let me not kill this guy's name. Uh, you know, I really got to apologize because I, I am just terrible with these names, and and um, so who knows? But hey, it, it is what you. This is it is what it is. What you get with this hot rod farmer. All right, so this name should be okay. Mister Donald Jeffries, and he is from Danbury, Texas, not Danbury, Connecticut, from Danbury, Texas. And I don't know if he listens to the podcast or the uh, radio show on Sirius XM channel 147 Rural Radio, Farm Machinery Digest Radio. But as you all know, your names get announced on both. And then the other gentleman is Mr. Franklin. I'm going to pronounce it Rood, R-O-O-D. And he is from Canton, New York. Not Canton, Ohio, where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is. I had gone to that. I'm not a football fan, but you know, if you go someplace and you see something that's that's you know interesting, you go look at it, right? So uh, years ago, my buddy who listens to the show, Gene Worst, who lives out in in Nevada now, as they say it, Nevada, not Nevada, Nevada, and uh, he and I were out in that years ago. We were young men. We had no gray hair, no worries, and no responsibilities. We were working and making money, and our parents were alive, and we could jump in the car. We could go away for a weekend or something obviously we had to plant it i mean if we had harvest here or planting we couldn't do that but it was a it was a wonderful wonderful time of life a wonderful time that i don't think honestly that we appreciated what a blessing it was but we were out in ohio in the youngstown area we like to go out there and uh we saw we went through Canton. we saw a sign that said pro 
Pro Football Hall of Fame. So we went. Gene was more, much more of a sports fan than I am. I'm like a zero sports fan, but he was uh, very athletic and he played different sports. I'm as, I'm as awkward. Of, forget about it. I'm a, I'm a klutz. So I played no sports and never had any interest in it. But we went out to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, and uh, but Mr. Franklin Rude lives in Canton, New York, not Canton, Ohio. So uh, so I went off on a tangent. And if you want to be in the contest, I would love to have you. All you have to do is email me or go to the best. I tell you, you can email me at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. Or as I've been saying the past month or so, the best way is to go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com. And you just fill out the form to win a free Hot Rod Farmer license plate to get into the contest and tell me where you're listening from and we will put that in there and your name will go into the metaphorical hat and be pulled out and see who won and then i will mail you that usa made hot rod farmer license plate for you to place where you want so that is basically that uh you know interesting thing well whatever quick quick you know this is uh i don't want to make this show into a soap opera which i guess the past month or so i had the tendency to do but um so i apologize for that but i got i got one planting of corn in and by the time you this show drops god willing my second planting will be in i got my second load of fertilizer from down in the mill ben hushin and i need to go back and get the third load uh, fertilizer which i did not get as of yet and i may i was gonna go this past weekend but i chose not to something just told me not to go and uh, i didn't need it but what happened was that the other day i was using the sprayer and was working beautifully i just i i used it already three or four times this year put down my put down my burn down put down my pre put down my liquid fertilizer right working beautifully and i went well i should say i went to go to put down my pre and just the night before i put down my liquid fertilizer 30 gallons per acre broadcast and i feel you know i fill up the fill up the sprayer here at the house and have it on agitation it's working beautifully and it worked beautifully right because i'm a big proponent of putting stuff to bed for the winter properly and i know that a good majority of my audience is and it's not something that i'm not going to say i've never screwed up on that but you know some well i gotta do this today and whatever i'll do it tomorrow and doesn't happen but specifically with the farm equipment i make a very good very concerned effort that i've never put it what i call to bed for the winter without being properly put to bed you know so thus you know when you, when the spring comes you pull out whatever you need to pull out and it's ready to roll so uh you know do that with the with the winterized the sprayer do all of that and uh you know service the tractor service the lawn tractor service the uh the planter put everything together you know whatever chainsaw whatever the heck it is but so you know took this sprayer out you know and it's a three-point hitch crop care deal nice unit we had it custom made uh it's hard to believe in 2009 my dad was still alive boy how time time flies by so anyway and uh worked beautifully everything so i go for my third pass in the field right fill up my third pass in the field i get down to the field the field that i'll be working in and uh kick you know i have to pump on i have it on agitation and uh you know 
start to open up the, the valves and the thro- adjust the throttling valve. It's got no pressure, like two pounds of pressure. I said, two pounds of pressure. The pump is running. There's no... So I don't know what the heck happened to it. And I said, my God in heaven, I get all this pre-mixed up, which is expensive as anything. And you can't let it sit. It'll, 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 it'll uh, congeal. So you got to keep it on agitation. And they said, what the heck is going on here? And uh, I noticed the past year or so, it's got a liquid-filled gauge on it, but I noticed the gauge was always shaking it. And I thought maybe that the pump was starting to cavitate and go away because I did have a problem with the pump. It's a high pro gold series. I think it's the gold, the top of the line eight, uh, not eight rotor, what they call it. Uh, I forgot what they call it. I, my, when I do this show, sometimes my mind looks at other things like on the soundboard and I forget, <laughs> forget what stuff is called. But anyway, so I put a new pump on, I think two summers ago. It's the second summer for it, a second growing season, only because the seals went bad and it was leaking and I was going to get it rebuilt and I was going to rebuild it myself. But then, you need a special, I don't want to say it's a bearing breaker, but they had a special fixture to push the bearings out of it. And I said to myself, I'm not going to jerk around with that in the press and try to make a fix. You know, sometimes you got to put your pride between your legs and sometimes just buy stuff or pay things, pay for people to do something. So I said, I'll just buy a brand new pump and then I'll I'll send this one out to High Pro for $100 and let them rebuild it and put new bearings and new seals in it and go from there because if you don't have the right equipment and you're not familiar with it i mean you could jerk around for for days with that stuff and then break something also so i have the new pump when i put the new pump on i guess last summer or last spring i noticed the gauge was still you know had it was was acting the same way as if it was slightly cavitating where years ago it used to be very steady and it hasn't lost any of the glycerin from the liquid fill and uh so i said what the heck is going on here so anyway make a long story short so i go in the field and uh, no pressure jump off the tractor the pumper the, is the pump not running what's going on here it was just it was just it was an agitation it worked beautifully i just used it the night before it worked beautifully I used it the day before it worked beautifully so i can't say anything it's what's going on with it so i shut it off and kick it back on and and miraculously, by God's grace, and uh, I am leaving out the most important element, is I did say a prayer, because I needed to get that field sprayed because it was going to rain that night, and I had all this product in the tank, and it you just really it wasn't a good situation. And it started to it started to work, but I didn't want to. I, I sprayed just around thirty pounds of pressure. It didn't want to build much more than twenty something pounds of pressure. And then I said to myself, "What's going on here?" So. But then I said, well, maybe the gauge is off because I jumped off the tractor and the discharge from each spray tip looked, looked more or less right. It was a nice conical spray. I mean, I didn't go and time it and do a, do a flow test on it, but the eyeball looked pretty good. So I said, let, let me get it down. We'll go from there. And then what would happen about three quarters, maybe a little bit more than three quarters of the way across the field. At a certain point in the field, it would stop spraying again. I'd lose the pressure and it would stop spraying. And then I would, uh, I would kick it off and put it back, put it back on. So I said, "Jesus, that felt the plug." I, I checked all that, but I put it there. So anyway, I don't know what was the matter with it. But then last year on the manifolding, I picked up a slight leak and I put some epoxy on it because it's a plastic manifold, and I put some epoxy on it. It's got the, it's got three zones to spray, so it's got the pressure valve, the three zones, the main shut off, and the throttling valve, and then. It had a isolator and a pressure gauge. 
So um, I so I epoxied it and it was fine. It held. And then just at the end of last year, I did my burn down after I do my cover crop. Is that it started the manifold? Like I said, it's eleven years old, twelve years old. So the manifold's plastic. It's from the heat, it cracks. So I got a little little pinhole and it started to, to, to spray a little bit, but said so not too too bad. So I said, all right, it's one of those things I'm going to have to do in the spring. And obviously, like most farmers, I didn't get a chance to do it this spring before I said, I'll have to get a new, ma- fix it, take it apart and get a new manifold or, or epoxy that or something. And I didn't do it. And then I started to work the spray of this in the spring. It, I said, geez, the, the thing kind of sealed itself up, which sometimes it does, you know. The plastic gets to be a certain temperature and expands. And I knew I had to do it. I wasn't going to Mickey Mouse it. So anyway... So what happened was that then it stopped it stopped leaking and then it started to leak again the other day when it gave me problems. So it's not leaking enough that you'd say, well, it can't build pressure because it's all escaping there. But I have an open platform tractor and it would, thank God it was starting to shoot a stream out to the back. So I was by God's grace because, I mean, you don't want that stuff sprayed in your eyes or in your mouth, all right? So let's just put it that way. Handling it is fine. You know, you wear gloves or wash your hands, wash your hands, but I mean, you don't want it sprayed in your eye or your mouth. So thank God it leaked to the back. So I had to buy. So the only thing that, that I could figure is that there must have been some, must, something must have come apart either in the pressure regulator or in a throttling valve or even in, in one of the zone shutoff valves. And it must be going, because when I would get to a certain point in the field that had a little bit of an incline, that's when I would lose pressure. And then I would stop at that point in the field and I would shut the pump off. And I, 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 for 30 seconds or a minute, I'd start it back up. I'd be good again. And then I got to a certain point in the field. So I ordered a whole new manifold assembly. Matter of fact, it came right away from crop care. I said, I'd want the whole thing assembled. I said, all I want to do is put the hoses on and bolt it on the go. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be plumber Ray today. So um, that came $600 for plastic manifold. Crazy. But interestingly enough, this one doesn't have a isolator on it. They have a gauge on it, liquid fill gauge with no isolator. So it must be a gauge that could live in with the chemicals. But then what happened is that I go to the ref- so that happened oh and then the the transfer pump electric transfer pump burned the plug off of it then i put a new plug on it and it worked and then it stopped working and kept popping a gfi so i don't know what was going on with that and that transfer pump has been nothing but a heartache ever since i bought it so i went and i bought a different transfer pump they opened up a harbor freight in town i'd never been to a harbor freight and i went there and I know I knew before I went there that everything is from China, and I don't like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that everything you buy today, for the most part, you buy something from Snap on it from China. So I said, what difference does it make? I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the tractor dealer or someplace else, and I'm going to buy a pump from China also. So I'm also buy the cheapest one from Harbor Freight, and then if it lasts me a year, and throw it out and be done with it so i went to harbor freight and bought that pump i haven't used it yet so so i don't know what the heck happened to the pump but that, that was all on the same day and then i go in the house to get a glass of milk and the milk is warm our two and a half year old refrigerator died so the the freezer is only 
at uh, the other night when I had a glass of milk. It seemed a little bit warm, but I, I, I was tired. I said, well, maybe it's me and, and what have you. So two-and-a-half-year-old refrigerator, uh, I was going to say Westinghouse or Whirlpool, and uh, not even two-and-a-half years old. And uh, that went out, so everything was a nightmare. So in the same day, the sprayer stopped working. The pump, the electric pump, the, the plug on the transfer pump burned up. I went to town, put a new plug on it, worked fine for one load. Stopped, went in the field, the sprayer stopped working. Came back, got the, got the sprayer quasi working, right? The pump wouldn't work. Took the plug again, hard again, see if I messed something up. Didn't, didn't mess it up. For some, by God, set a prayer by God's grace, it worked. Did another, tried to transfer some more product, kept popping a GFI. Then I said, "This is enough. Well, I got enough in the plant, and now the plant. Let me get plant. Let me get the plant. Let me get some corn in the ground. The heck with the pump. Go in the house to get a glass of milk. The new refrigerator crapped out. So it was uh, like the. Uh, I don't want to say the trials of Job, because God forbid somebody is is has a loved one dying in a hospital or some horrific thing like that. This is obviously not an issue, but it's like death by a thousand stings. So uh, I, I was afraid to touch anything. It was everything I touched broke. So the seed went in the ground fine, thank God, or I hope it went in the ground fine. So who knows? But they're not supposed to fix the refrigerator. So that was last Thursday. They're not supposed to fix it till Tuesday or come look at it. And we have an extended warranty which is useless. All right, so we have, uh, so that's basically it. So next week will be better. So, uh, but it's, uh, it was, like I said, crazy. But what am I going to talk about today instead of complaining about what's happening here in the farm? And the only reason why I share this with you, well, I, I shouldn't say the only reason, I share with you for a couple of reasons. Number one, because my audience, even though it's a monologue, it's going one way, I consider all of you my family, my friends, and uh, I wish I could hear about your day. But the other thing also is that, you know, you listen, you watch these TV shows, you listen to these podcasts, you go you listen to a radio show, and you, uh, or I'm not one for social media, like I said, I'm on LinkedIn now, but God knows how long that's going to last. And, you know, and, and these people, for the most part, I'm not saying everyone, they try to make it out like they have this wonderfully charmed life, right? And then you find out, like with these famous people, he's, oh, look here, I'm over in France, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm over here, I'm, look at my new boat, look at my new car, look at my gorgeous mansion, and they blow their, they blow their brains out because they're, they're not happy, they don't, they don't have Christ in their life, they're not happy, they're not of any, any, they have these material things which are meaningless. But you know, today in today's world, you know, you look at the social media, look, everybody tries to make it out like they, like everything just they, they, they're Midas. Everything they touch turns to gold. They never get a flat tire. This never happens. That never happens. They never lost their job. Their business deal never went bad. Their crop is always they're always high yield farmers. Uh, we sold they you know they sold the crop at the highest point in the market. They bought a stock at rock bottom and they sold it at the peak of the market. You know people are you know they're fist fighting to buy their house from them and whatever. And so I tell you what happens here, not to complain because I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. 
So I have the good Lord in my heart. But these are the things that happen in life, and I want you to know that they happen to me just like they happen to you. And God willing, they happen to you to a lesser extent. But it happens to all of us. And anybody who tells you that it doesn't is an outright liar. All right. And and, and yeah, we, I mean, I've had my time in the sun also where everything just fell into place. But I'll tell you, enjoy those times in your life because and, and, and thank God for them because there are the obstacles and things that are going to come. And really, and like I said, you know, the things that happen to me are absolutely nothing they're frustrating frust their frustrations they're nothing in life compared to what could happen and uh as of me recording this my beloved cat donald has not come home yet and we're praying that donald will come home and we're trusting in the lord for that so if you said to me let everything blow up if i could if if i could make a deal with the lord and say have everything blow up all right, the refrigerator blow up, the sprayer blow up, the pump blow up, everything blow up and bring my Donald home that is safely and sound, then I would definitely, I would I would say to the Lord, where can I sign on the line for that deal? And that's a, really the perspective of life. So, uh, but I do share this with you because I want you to know what happens to me. I'm nothing, I'm, I, I break the bolts also. So that is that. All right, what are we going to talk about today? Well, first I'm going to get a, a drink of, a, I'm going to get a drink of water. And so we have that over here. And uh, what I would like to discuss with you today is diesel engine combustion sound, or noise or sound. Actually, it's sound. It's not noise because noise implies that it's chaotic, that it's, you say, well, I got a noisy neighbor or, you know, the washing machine is making noise. That's there next, right? So uh, noise is chaotic. It's not supposed to be there, but this the sound of combustion. And I've kind of touched on this before in different ways, but it's very important for you as my audience to really pay attention to the sound of your diesel engines. And the other day, I'm trying to remember where I was. Maybe I was coming back from the mill in Maryland, I picked up my last load of fertilizer because I really haven't been much of any place else other than running back and forth there. But somebody, well, well, we'll just say, because it's moot where I was, but I'm not going to belabor you, drive you nuts with trying to figure out where the heck I was. But I think it was coming back from Maryland, I stopped, and then guy pulls in with a, um, I think it was a GMC, Chevy GMC pickup truck, a new, new, new one. I mean, new, or may not have been 22 or maybe the 21 or so. All right, so 22, I don't think it was a 20, 21, 22. And it had that new Duramax 3-liter diesel on it. And this thing, I mean, I did a road test on that. It was in a GMC pickup truck about two years ago. And I, you know, I absolutely loved that engine. It looks like it's a damn nightmare to work on. And it's got a rubber, it's got a rubber belt running the oil pump which i really don't like but it's not the rubber belts like we had years ago so who knows but so i don't the idea of a rubber belt running an oil pump but you know you could say that and i could say that but you know if you look at like a dry sump system on a uh, race engine they usually run the runner with a rubber belt but also you're not trying to go three hundred thousand miles on a drag engine or a road race engine but anyway so this pickup truck goes pulling into the rest area it was a little truck stop there and uh and man i said that thing is i had to listen 
You know, the good Lord, I don't, I have, I have healthy but very weak eyes. I'm blind as a bat. That's why I was never able to get in the Air Force. Was my dream was to be a fighter pilot, but but the good Lord gave me great ears, and I said, boy, is that thing? Is that? The, I said, if that's the, I said, that's the diesel. I said, that's it's quieter than a gas motor, and and I just love that, love that engine as far as its quietness is concerned. And you know, when you're looking at diesel engines, or you have a diesel engine, or it's very, <clears throat> I think it's very important today because of this quote-unquote chip shortage, right? And uh, I'm so tired of hearing supply chain. Make it in the United States, and we won't have a supply chain issue, all right? Don't make all this stuff all around the world and send it out. And as an aside, excuse me, I guarantee you that, I guarantee you that the part that took a dump in my two-and-a-half-year-old refrigerator was probably made in China, so... We have yet to be seen. But anyway, so a lot of people are buying used trucks. A lot of a lot of farmers are buying used farm equipment or pre-owned, right? You can't say you used anymore, it's pre-owned, right? They're going to auctions, they're buying they're buying equipment that way. And and within the agricultural community, a lot of people buy even when there is an abundance of of product and things available that they still buy a pre-owned used piece let's call it used let's call it what it is <clears throat> a used piece of equipment because it is a it is a smart financial move for their farm for their business or for their life i mean i'll tell you god forbid something happened to my ranger i'm buying a used truck the only way i wouldn't buy a used truck is that if um, and i i haven't bought a used car since 1983 or used vehicle so if i if i if i if if the only way it would i would not buy a used used pickup truck to replace it is that if i decided to get rid of my fiesta and then buy one vehicle and have one insurance and whatever and then i would get something i'd say okay fine it would have to serve as my everyday vehicle for business and serve as a farm truck here then i would buy a brand new one and i would buy something like another ranger or maybe even you know that little maverick Ford Mavericks or what have you to try to hit the you know hit it where I could have something that's decent fuel economy I don't need I'm not hauling a fifth wheel trailer up and and do that but other than that for the amount of mileage I use the range of my ranger now for for the farm it does not pay for me to spend 30 40 50 whatever the number might be even twenty thousand dollars for a for a vehicle because I don't get the I don't get the use out of it but so a lot of farmers who Farm equipment is expensive. Combine could be five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. I mean, you get you get a top of the line, big one, the largest one, whatever the brand is, and you get a a big Draper bean head and a, a big big forty foot corn head. You're talking a million dollars. So if you could pick up something for half of that, or 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 a third of that, three, four hundred thousand dollars, that's a big cost savings. So, and the same thing is a lot of guys buy. And, and rightfully so, they'll buy a semi to haul grain because they, you could buy a used semi cheap and you could buy a, a, a one-ton pickup truck and you could at least try to make money with it off-season. So anyway, so because of that, I think it's very important for you to to tune your ear to listen to the combustion sound of your diesel engines, the ones that you currently have, and 
the ones that you're looking to invest in, whether they are even new or pre-owned, used, what have you. And because the, you know, I have what I think is a lousy voice, and especially this problem that I have with my throat and uh, all the issues that you guys put up with listening to me. You know, a couple of years ago, I didn't have that. So I don't know. And I've been to, you know, I've been to the doctor a couple of times and they actually want me to go for speech therapy. I'm like, speech therapy? I never had a stroke. But anyway, who knows? But I have this problem in my throat and it gets raspy and I have to hit the drags to write. So, so that's really not good. But, but in essence, is that the problem that I have with my throat and now that I'm doing a podcast and a radio show, it, it, it becomes very glaring and, and probably is quite annoying to you people. And I apologize for that. And I thank you for putting up with it. But it's an indicator of something that is not correct. Now, what is not correct? Who knows? Nobody's been able to seem to find it yet. And I personally think it's a combination of different things. But anyway, it's an indication of it not being correct. So when you listen to, when you listen to machinery, and we're, we're emphasizing today diesel, you know, diesel engines, when you listen to machinery, the fact of the matter is that the sound of the combustion event is going to be very telling. And that's why I want you to get your ear tuned to it. Now, just like everyone who's listening to this show has a different voice. All right. So if you were to look, if you were to take a, a voice pattern and hook it up to a, um, a electrically hook it up to an oscilloscope and be able to get a signal a, a, a signal and plot that the sound of your voice your voice sounds different than mine has different tones there may be some overlap you say well, that, well, that guy sounds like this singer all right but each one like a fingerprint will have its own signature and i'm going to use the word signature because that's really what it is so each diesel engine will have its own inherent signature so it'll have just like if you were really are if you're attuned to it i mean you could tell let's say if when a pickup truck goes by whether it's a cummins a, a ram with a cummins whether it's a duramax or whether it's a uh a, a power stroke or whether it's an older power stroke or a newer power stroke or even like that little three liter duramax that's that's tomb quiet so you could say man that thing is beautiful right so the thing is that when it comes <clears throat> to a diesel engine is that the family of engines, so a John Deere combine with a John Deere engine is going to have a different signature of its sound than a, a Cummins engine or a Case engine or, or a uh, whatever, uh, MTU or a Mercedes diesel in a, um, I think, a, a, a class combine may use a mercedes diesel so anyway so we so just like so we have to identify that but the thing is that on a piece of equipment that you own vehicle what have you or a piece of equipment that you're looking to buy then the sound of the the combustion sound is 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 very very valid of how efficient that combustion event is now the now it's not going to tell you whether it's got a rod bearing that's ready to spin of go flying out the block right a connecting rod but what it's going to tell you is how clean the combustion chamber is how good the compression is to a certain extent it's not going to be like taking a compression test all right 
how good the valves are sealing, how dirty the injection the injectors are, or the nozzles is the proper term. How how dirty people will call them injectors for this. If it's a pump line nozzle engine, how good the pump is set up is the injection time right so the sound of this diesel combustion event and then also it's going to reveal the cetane of the fuel that is in the tank at that particular point so it's going to tell you a lot of information but what you need to do is you need to get a history and the, the history is going to cost you nothing all right but a little bit of effort on your part not even effort it's paying attention so <clears throat> let's use that <clears throat> beautiful duramax three liter i heard in that pickup truck when i was traveling right so that beautiful gorgeous right and um if i really should have stopped the guy and asked him a couple of questions but i got to be careful with this because sometimes people think i'm nuts because, you know, somebody, oh, you saw that's a beautiful truck. Let me ask you, do you advertise your fuel? Oh, you do, you do. What what, what do you put in it? What's your dosage rate? What are you dosing it at? Well, you know, the people roll up the window and hit the throttle and pull away from me because I've had that. <laughs> people just think I'm a, a wacko. This guy comes up to you and he's asking you these questions. So, uh, but if I had the opportunity, I really should have, but I didn't honestly know. I guess it would depend on how much of a friendly face the guy had but sometimes that bites you also but so what you need to do is empirically you need to let's say with the equipment you have you need to listen to your equipment and you say okay fine i know what this engine the combustion event we're not talking about rod noise or valve train noise what the combustion event what's really telling with a diesel engine is because it is compression ignition it has to auto ignite is that its signature is going to be much more indicative of what's going on inside it than a spark ignition engine all right which is a gasoline type of engine that's having the having the spark or the, the flame pro evoked through the arcing of a spark plug so because it's compression ignition and you have to and that air is going to be heated to around 400 degrees fahrenheit and we're going to spray fuel in with its pump line nozzle or electronic it's irrelevant we're going to spray fuel in that com that that combustion event is going to take take over naturally naturally from the fuel and the heat in there and then it's going to propagate so it's not having an aid of saying well we're putting metaphorically a match to it with the arcing of the spark plug so the diesel the sound of diesel combustion is very very telling so what what i suggest that you do if you want to go on this quest with me and it is a quest is that you need to recognize what the sound of your diesels is like now and if you had it for many years then you say okay i know it sounds like this and you need to pay attention is the combustion sound starting to change is it getting louder is the tone different what have you all right now historically what will happen is just like a um a tissue analysis on a crop on a plant will give you an indicator of what nutrients are in there and what nutrient uptake is before you see a visual of the leaves firing and turning color and so that, that sucker's running out of nitrogen those leaves on the bottom are all fired right so uh it'll give you an so it'll give you an indicator ahead of time a precursor to what is going to happen or what it's what's what it's what is uh it is deficient on 
And the same thing will happen with the diesel engine, with the sound of the combustion event. So if the sound of the combustion event starts to change, then that's a pretty good and and change. Like I say, it probably will get louder. But if you really look at, you know, when, when you talk about loudness, it's, it's usually read in decibels or zones. There's some sort of metric that then one day I'm going to do a show on that. Not necessarily diesel, but understanding sound and loud sound and loudness. So we could say something, and you could say, "Well, hey," and that's usually the indicator people talk of, talk about loudness. And loudness does come into play, but lots of times in a diesel engine, it's the quality. Just like my voice, right? I could talk, let's say, it's seventy decibels, but my voice sounds crappy. It's all gravelly, and my throat sounds like it's all like I'm, I came out of a, working in a coal mine for fifty years. All right, so the thing is that, so that has nothing to do with the loudness because the loudness re- reading in, in decibels it's, it's, is its projection, but the quality of the sound. So historically, when something starts to happen it, with the combustion event on a diesel engine, and it's usually first fuel, possibly fuel, and then it's usually the injectors, all right, or carbon, the cylinder being carboned up, is that the sound is going to change. It may get louder, it may not get louder, it's just going to sound different. And that's really a very good indicator for you to say, hey man, this engine sounds different, this combustion event sounds different than I'm used to. But if you never pay attention to it, or you're listening to the Idle Chatter podcast with earbuds, then you're not going to hear it, right? Or cranking the stereo in a tractor or in a truck, you're not going to hear it. So you need to listen I'm not saying you got to go in the field for 10 hours a day and just, oh, I'm just going to sit here because that, that, that damn hot rod farmer said, I got to listen to the combustion event. No, you're going to just, you know, it's like taking a glance. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to say, this thing sounds different. But if you never paid attention to it, you would never know what it sounds. And I used to, te- when I taught oscilloscopes, I used to say that, you know, everybody wanted you automotive oscilloscopes you know we diagnosed this car right i said i'm not going to diagnose us i'll diagnose the car at the end of the demonstration that's not a problem i'm not afraid to diagnose it but i want to show you what a good scope pattern looks like because if you never knew what a good one looks like you're never going to be identify a bad one and and the analogy that i used to use back years ago which is probably unpolitically correct you probably couldn't even use it today i used to say to the it was all guys said look if you don't know what a girl looks like and how you can't tell whether it's a girl or a boy if you say well is that a girl or a boy if you look if you look at a kitten say is that a girl or a boy i don't know all right so if you look at a person so if you know what you have to know what a girl looks like and what 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 a male looks like what a female and a male looks like so if you only look at females then you're not going to know then you could say well maybe this is a male because it looks different so that's what happens with a scope pattern i said first of all your first step with analyzing understanding a scope pattern is to say well these this one looks different than the other six or seven or eight and i know what a good one looks like i don't know what's wrong with this one is it a broken wire is it a foul plug is it a lean mixture but i know that this doesn't look like it's supposed to and that's the cylinder i have a problem with so but today right you can't say that because maybe maybe i want to feel feel like a girl today and maybe the girl wants to feel like a guy today and we're, we're gender fluid so i mean crazy world never thought i'd see this in my lifetime or ever in this world but anyway let's get back to engines so you have to pay attention 
And then when you pay attention, you have to carry, apply critical thinking and say, okay, you know, the engine does sound different, but I just put, you know, X amount, I just put a load of diesel fuel in it, or I got a load of diesel fuel to the farm. So it didn't really sound that way before I put this latest diesel fuel in. Then I would say at that particular point, you probably got a load of diesel fuel that has that is low cetane or effectively is low cetane and has poor combustion characteristics. So the thing is that remember cetane is the fuel's eagerness to ignite. So if you're going to have fuel that is not too eager to ignite, it's going to ignite later in the process and it's it, the way the flame is going to propagate which is expand across the bore is going to be completely different all right so so it's going to give you an audible signal it also not run as well but the audible signal is going to be you may not perceive a difference in its running or its power but the audible signal the sound of combustion is going to change so now you're applying critical thinking well the engine always sound really good sound sounded fine normal for that john deere is going to sound different than a cummins then going to sound a little bit different than you could tell it's a diesel just like you could tell i have a male voice but i don't sound like a opera singer right so then you say okay i just put this fuel in here and that's probably the fuel is probably not what i thought it was now the next thing that you would do so if you say well geez you know i've got I, it's not really not the fuel because it's a road vehicle and i bought the fuel here bought the fuel there or or what have you or i is that the next thing that i would say to you to do and if you're not if you have not been a a disciple of my <clears throat> of my preaching of saying that you need to advertise all your fuel then what i would want you to do is now as a test in that particular piece of equipment or that truck what it may be your car all right whatever it is diesel cars is that i would want you to buy a good diesel fuel additive that has a high level of cetane boost and injector cleaner in it and I'd want you to give it a very heavy dose of that. You can't overdose it. I mean, I wouldn't put a quart into a gallon. You, I, you can't, you know, for all practical intents, overdose it. And if you give it, but you need to make this, you need to dose it then because we need to identify is the fuel the issue? And then when we burn through this fuel, everything is going to be back to, to, to normal or is something happening inside the engine so if you dose it with a high dose of a cetane boost and a and the same product with a high dose we're not worried about anti-gel microbial action now we're worried about the combustion aspect of the diesel fuel and a high dose of cetane and a high dose of injector cleaner right deposit removing chemical and you put that in there and within whatever a very short period of time a couple of miles or you're in the field a half hour 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever it may be and the engine starts to sound much better or sounds back to way it normally did then you know that that fuel that you purchased is has very poor combustion characteristics and it's usually related to cetane risk a drink of water all right so it's usually related to cetane now if you put it in there and the seat and it maybe sounds a little bit better and then you burn through a tank of fuel or so 
and then it, it, it as the tank starts to be consumed the engine starts to sound better and better and more the way it, it did before then you would say you probably have two things number one you had low you had poor combustion characteristics of that particular load of fuel you bought you bought and the other thing is that you probably had a lot of deposits on the nozzle on the injector and on the piston crown combustion chamber but mainly on the injector and the thing is that you, you have to realize that you put a high level of injector cleaner which is detergent that's what it is it's a chemical detergent that's going to dissolve it's not going to dissolve it in 10 minutes all right so the high dose of cetane as soon as that gets into the cylinders it's going to have it's going to talk to you differently but the injector cleaner is going to take time for it to to change all right take time for it to change so you could have two issues all right and now if that doesn't change the sound all right the combustion sound then we have a mechanical issue what could the mechanical issue be well maybe i doubt i, I would i would is more more likely than not it is not a mechanical issue in the engine like a valve burning or poor cylinder seal it could be but i doubt it but it usually would be with the with the fuel delivery system all right it could be the pop-off pressure on a pump line nozzle it could be where there's that the, the 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 pump itself something is happening maybe the pump timing skewed what have you all right if it's a common rail diesel it could be possibly where the, the magnetics in the injector are not starting to get weak and if it's like a huey system which uses engine oil and and uh <clears throat> and excuse me <coughs> engine oil and electronic controls to open up the nozzle the injector then there's a very good possibility that the engine oil side this is on a huey injector only all right on a huey the engine side is getting gummed up and then there's products like uh i forget they call hot shot and other ones that you run through the engine oil and that's meant to clean the deposits off because the injector is getting deposits and sticking on the oil side not on the fuel side but usually it's on both so that is something you need to need to look at so now the thing is that but getting back to my my that you're going to be become i want you to become a connoisseur of diesel combustion sounds so now let's say you go and you're going to buy a pre-owned a used piece of equipment now if you've over time not one week over time you start to pay attention so let's get back to that story we went off on a tangent let's get back to that nice quiet duramax three liter six cylinder right the thing is that now let's say arguably i stop someplace else and i hear one and, and it's much noisier then i say something is not right with that duramax with that three liter because i know how quiet they sound but if you don't know how they sound so the thing is that when you go to buy a pre-owned piece of equipment what i want you to already have a mental a mental audible reference in your mind of saying well that's how a good run and come and sounds that's how how when it's when everything is right that's how uh i um an agco engine 
in a rogue eight of sprayer sounds that's how this that john deere engine that series john deere engine sounds because over the past six months or the past year or two years you've listened to what the engine sounds like you went by your friend's farm and you heard what his sounds like the combustion event sounds like so you have an indicator so now if you're going and you're buying a, a used piece of equipment and you say man the combustion sound on this xyz whatever it really doesn't sound like i'm used to hearing right then there's a there's a very good possibility that i'm not going to say that the engine is bad i'm not going to say that because i you know that's not what i told you a couple of minutes ago but there's something going on there in the fuel system in the fuel delivery all right it now it it could be right now we're talking about simplistic stuff it could be where you have low compression on one sound the bad ring seal the rings are glazed over you have to remember if the rings are glazed over specifically on a diesel and you're not going to build that same cylinder pressure when that fuel before that the heat that air before the fuel ignites the whole combustion event is going to be be wrong so i'm not saying you know, hey stay away from this damn thing all right because it, because that hot rod farmer said it may have bad rings most of the time it's usually in the fuel delivery but the important thing is for you to recognize that it doesn't sound right just like i said if you don't know what a boy looks like you can't tell what a girl looks like if you don't know what a proper scope pattern looks like you can't tell what a improper what a what a problematic scope pattern is so it's something that you need to keep in mind and say hey, you know all right this engine starts right it has good oil pressure but i really don't like the way it's combustion sound all right and it's and i'm not going to say it's an engineering discipline but it's a quasi discipline that you know the combustion sound of a diesel engine is is really like i said it's something that 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 you look at as an engineer when you're doing development work and developing an engine and i'll get that in a minute so basically in essence let's recap this so it makes sense because i went all over the map i want you to learn what the sound of your engine what, what your engine sounds like just like if you have kids or if you have animals i know even like with the with ali's little kittens i know what we that we named the three kittens and they're doing wonderfully thank god i can't wait for my my wonderful donald to come home by god's grace to see them all right one of them is named hannah there's two boys and a girl one of them named hannah one is named samuel and the other one is named creeps creamsicle where we call him creamy because when he was born my wife and i were right there he looked like a creamsicle there was three creamsicles and three black ones so hannah and samuel are black and even though they're little babies i know who's meowing we might same thing oh that's the other thing that happened last week i forgot to tell you one of my beloved hens passed away i knew there was something else my beautiful hen bella i came back from maryland my wife said to me she went into the chicken coop and bella died so i knew something else upset me last week but anyway so terrible but anyway to get back to the engines is that you could so even my chickens i know what what melania's voice sounds like i know what digger's voice sounds like i knew what bella sounded like i knew what what the inspector sounded like so i could like i said i would i could come to the chicken coop and say bella what are you complaining about and she never did she was wonderful melania and digger was digger was the complainer but anyway so you first want to learn what your engine sounds like then what you want to learn is what other engines when you have the opportunity to be exposed to 
of the same engine family sound like. So if you go to a pharmacy, you go someplace, listen to that guy's pickup truck, listen to that guy's tractor, listen to that, right? So you have so you have some data points. This is the, you know, uh, <clears throat> this is all anecdotal information. But if you know what it sounds like, you say, well, my sound, then you say, my sound's a heck of a lot better than his, right? So, well, mine doesn't sound as good as his. So you have that, and then once that sound starts to change that needs to be that needs to tell you that something is different and apply critical thinking and say geez did i just put a different load of fuel in it or have a bunch of fuel delivered to the farm and this is my first full tank of going into my tractor with this fuel all right then the next step would be if that is the case and if you're on the road and it's a road vehicle and and if it you don't have to go nuts with it so i just filled up with fuel and the combustion sound change all right it must be if i'm not saying you run an overdose it and what have you at that particular point so i'll burn through this fuel in 500 miles and see what happens all right so you have to apply some common sense to this also but uh <clears throat> the thing is that and then you would do a a high dose of a cetane in cetane improver injector cleaner in one you could be in one product or two products but a very high dose because we want to hit it with a hammer we want to we want to really bump that cetane up and say man this thing sounds great now then you know that the fuel was low poor combustion characteristics and if it changes over time then you know that you had a lot of deposits on the injector and then once you went through that cleaning cycle it should be fine like taking it out of the washing machine so i can go dirty the next tank of fuel all right so that's basically that when you're buying a pre-owned piece of equipment a semi a pickup truck any piece of equipment for the farm you know listen to that combustion event that's why i say you need to build your mental library and say well that's what a john deere sounds like that's what a cummins i mean what a calibration it sounds like that's what this sounds like you know what i'm saying so you could get from you could get familiar get you get familiar with that and then i'm not saying don't buy that piece of equipment but keep that in the back of your mind as a data point i mean this thing sounds like it's you know it's gummed up inside all right and then i mean like a huey a huey in uh a, a huey engine a, a huey fuel system on engine whether it's a you know whatever the application is i mean they sound like crap pardon my language my french they at the, i mean the exhaust sounds farty the combustion sound is it's it's not like it's got a dead miss it just you could tell a combustion vent i did a show remember a couple of weeks ago about exhaust about exhaust flow and you could tell that the exhaust flow is just all over the place and the because of the combustion event it's not that it's got a restriction because of the because it has poor and it has changing combustion you could tell on the huey a huey engine a, a huey fuel system when it when it's gummed up on either usually it's on both sides on the on the oil side the hydraulic side the engine oil side and on the fuel side it takes i mean they sound like crap i mean terribly like i said pardon my language but i mean they sound terrible so th that's that now the next thing so we have that covered the next thing i want to say to you is when you are blessed enough to buy a new piece of equipment with a diesel engine truck tractor combine whatever pay attention to how that engine sounds when, I mean, when, not when you buy, I mean, I've, before you buy it, before you sign on the line for 600000 for a combine or 200000 for a new Kenworth or 80000 for a new pickup truck, pay attention. And at that particular point, it's going, that's not going to be where something is wrong with the engine. But as I started to say in the beginning of this show, is that 
the design of the combustion chamber and the compression ratio if you look at today's engines these engines they have much lower compression ratio than they did years ago they're up in the early the low 20s 22 23 24 to 1 and now they are not much higher than a gasoline engine and that's for a number of reasons number one is that back years ago when they were in the mid 20s for compression ratio they were indirect injection diesel so they had a pre-chamber and the pre-chamber because of the because of the pre-chamber configuration that there was a higher level of surface to volume relationship so there was more surface area to the volume of the bore and where the and the and the combustion region because the if they would actually would initiate the combustion out in the pre-chamber come out so because of that higher level of surface to volume relationship the engine was less thermally efficient there was a greater thermal loss and they had to put a higher compression ratio in it to get the efficiencies there so it wasn't that it but back then like i said then again you know hey they were all boys so you know you only know what so all diesel engines had that so they were all with 22 23 24 to one compression once they start to go to to direct injection so di instead of idi indirect injection they were injecting the fuel right into the combustion there was no pre-chamber and they were able to bring the compression ratio down and have the same level of thermal efficiency and then as they start to go another step further and they were looking at oxides of nitrogen emissions and also looking at the combustion sound and the quietness of the combustion event they brought the compression ratio this is more this now this lower compression ratio is more found on let's say like on pickup truck engines is that they brought the compression ratio down to about 15 15 and a half to one <coughs> excuse me all right because they they had a small chamber <clears throat> they didn't have a lot of heat loss due to chamber and they wanted to <clears throat> balance out the com the the sound of combustion and the decibel level or zones they would probably look at it, we'll call it decibels all right of the combustion sound so if you look at a new duramax you look at a new cummins maybe not so much a cummins but they still seem they still seem to be a little bit on the louder side or but a new power stroke for the new well, whatever a seven point whatever a seven point not seven point three 6.7 power stroke all right and this and this new duramax diesel beautiful i mean that thing is uh, quiet as could be all right and the thing is that so that's a combination but also keep in mind that the combustion chamber design and the amount of mixture motion in that combustion chamber is going to dictate what that combustion sounds like so it's loudness as far as decibels but more importantly as i said in the beginning of this show it's sound quality the combustion the, the audible side of the combustion quality and you know for the, you guys are hot rod farmers and a lot of guys are you know modifying their pickup trucks and they're changing the calibration and you could usually tell when the calibration changes because and you know i even kind of said that i said oh it sounds like a, a cummins with a cal in it that's an engineering short for calibration and the thing is that um because the combustion chain the combustion sound changes all right but now 
you get a lot of these guys in there, they're really modifying these trucks and hot rodding them, which is fine. And they're sending the heads out or they're buying ported cylinder heads. A lot of these cylinder heads today specifically, well, I shouldn't say a lot of them, all of them are usually, <clears throat> I, I, I shouldn't say a lot usually, right? I'm contradicting myself in the same sentence. Is that they pay a lot of attention to mixture motion and swirl as the so as as it comes into the into the into the cylinder bore from the intake port cylinder head, and what happens? And I kind of did spoke a little bit about this a while, long time back on idle chatter, but is that mixture motion is paramount for good combustion on a diesel engine and what these guys but historically you have to balance mixture motion on a gasoline or diesel engine with airflow and cfm and if you're just chasing airflow and cfm on a flow bench which i did so on the heads and i had a sf 600 flow bench with velocity probes uh everything in it right and all the all the bells and whistles so the thing is that if you're just chasing if you're just chasing airflow on a flow bench then where you will port in that cylinder head will will kill decimate destroy the mixture motion and you'll actually end up making less power and well less power than you would if you maintain the mixture motion so if you look at let's say mixture motion versus airflow it's a lot like base saturation on a soil test is that you have to have the nutrients in balance and the same thing is with that yeah i'm all for airflow i'm all for cfm but if you kill cfm or if you kill mixture motion for cfm well on a pulling tractor or a pulling truck that's fine because that's like a drag race engine or a race engine you, as long as you get a positive on the other side but the thing is that on an engine that's going to be used you know on the street or driven in a in some sort of road vehicle then you're going to lose fuel efficiency you're going to have a tendency to to want to haze the exhaust more and you're actually going to lose some power you're happy as heck because you got a flow bench number that's higher but the mixture motion is going to slow down the burn and the whole idea is that you want the burn to be complete while that transfer of energy while that you want that burn to start so you could have as much chemical to mechanical transfer of energy as that flame expands i just hit the microphone expands across the board so the thing is that you know when you're buying a brand new piece of equipment so if brand a has a louder combustion event than brand b all right that that's usually t a telltale sign that that whoever designed that engine did not spend as much time on the on the on, on the cylinder head and the that they should have all right now you may have some instances like when i went to go look at the new massey 8s tractor i was very 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 impressed by the combustion event at idle for a, for a large engine like that and you know and for a tractor engine i mean it's got a it's got a hood on it but doesn't have insulation and everything in here sound deadening material but what i was i'm not going to use the word disappointed but right off idle the combustion event got the the, the quality of the sound i'm not going to say the loudness the quality of the sound degrade changed to, to my ears of saying in a not as nice way 
as it sounded. It was beautiful at idle. I was, I mean, I even, I even mentioned it. It was beautiful at idle. So usually, what that means in that particular application, since it was brand new, that usually means that their calibration. And it was a pre-production tractor, so who the heck knows? I mean, I'm a calibration guy, so I kind of pick fly manure out of pepper. But if if you were to tell me, if I have no basis for this whatsoever, I would say that the cal right off idle was sloppy. Now, I don't know how it's going to sound pulling a chisel plow, all right, but right off idle, right off idle, the calibration was sloppy because I don't think that there was enough of dynamics of change of the of the volumetric efficiency from let's say an idle that's 500 rpm to 800 rpm because the engine didn't pump that much more air and the dynamics didn't change that much if you say well 1800 rpm 10 pounds of boost that's a different story but but you have to realize that between that even on the gasoline engine between a thousand and 1500 rpm with no load on it the dynamics of how much air is pumped through the engine is really not changed that much. It changed a little, but that's why it could increase the RPM, but it hasn't changed that much. So I was kind of disappointed. I shouldn't say disappointed, but the people that were there, if I would have said something to them, they, they would have thought I was from Mars, all right? Because they were PR people and uh, they didn't know whatever. I mean, if it's not in the, you know, if it's not on the brochure, they don't know what the heck, what, what it is anyway. And, and I, I don't want to come across as a wise guy and say, well, I like your idle combustion event, but I don't like your off idle event. But you have to remember that when I did that, you know, when BMW, when I did work for them, I was evaluating calibrations. So that's one of the things that, you know, that would, that is, a, I think I say it's a telltale sign. So as we get ready to close here, driving you nuts is that I want you to pay attention to the combustion sounds of your sound of your diesel engine. I want you to get familiar with its voice. We'll say its voice print, like I'm familiar with my animals, you're familiar with your children, you're familiar. Somebody knocks on the door, you don't see him, they buy for say, hey, Ray, you're there. So that sounds like Paul. You know, hey, Paul, I'll be right there. All right, so get to know that. Recognize that if your voice changes, just like I have a lousy voice, over these past couple of years that something's happening in my body that's making my voice sound raspy and annoying to you which i apologize for once again all right so if something changes apply critical thinking was it hey was it usually on a diesel it's fuel related did i just put fuel in it is this a new tank of fuel that came to the farm is it the first time i fueled with you have to i mean you don't have to go crazy with this but pay attention be mindful what's going on then hit that, hit it with a high concentration of cetane boost and injector cleaner. If the engine sound changes almost immediately, you know it's poor combustion quality fuel. If it changes over time, it's the deposits that's on the injectors. And hey, that test cleaned it up, right? And you may say, well, why would it change so quickly? Because you have to remember, things in life do change quickly. Some things change slowly, but things change quickly because it gets to a certain threshold and 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 it it kind of like i don't want to say kept it at bay but didn't have much of a much of a uh it had it was tolerant of it and then he goes one more that's the old adage right the straw that broke the camel's back so the thing is that the camel was fine you put that one more straw so it's only one straw but the camel's back broken it's only a little bit different and that changed the combustion event all right just like whatever's happening going through the field of my sprayer all right a certain part of the field where there was a pitch changed something where I would lose pressure. 
All right, so that's that. So we have that. We understand that you're buying a pre-owned used piece of equipment with a diesel engine. Pay attention to this combustion sound. But then again, like I said, you need to have a history, a mental history in your mind of what those engines are supposed to sound like unless this is so like riding by a field at 60 miles an hour and you see all the corn just burnt you know just all you know fired with yellow leaves orange leaves all dried up then you know it's that it's, it's nitrogen deficient we don't want to get to that point i don't want you spending 10 20 30 50 100 200 dollars to find out that something may be possibly wrong with that engine and when you're blessed when the good lord blessed you to be able to buy a new whatever that's a diesel engine and you're shopping competitive brands then i want you to pay attention to what the combustion event sounds like that on that engine at idle and under different load conditions is that going to be a deal breaker for you no i'm not so but if you go to brand xyz and say man it's and i go i look at brand a and brand b and and the combustion sound is nicer on brand a than on brand b but you love everything else about brand b more i'm not saying stay away from it but that's a telltale sign that not that it's not going to be a telltale sign that the engine is going to blow up or not be be reliable it's usually going to be a telltale sign of its efficiency all right and you can't take it to the bank all the time but it's going to be a telltale sign of its efficiency and then also it goes it's a telltale sign of and you know when you buy a piece of farm equipment like that there's so many different engineers involved there's so many different things involved it's like building a a building a building right this guy was the plumber this guy was the electrician this guy was the mason this guy was the interior decorator all right so whatever this guy did the flooring and you know to me especially today is that you know a new engine combustion combustion sound all right should should be very pleasant to your ear diesel engine combustion sound or pleasant to a trained ear i should say respectfully and you know if it isn't and i'm not saying just like you know my voice i'm not going to sound like mario alonzo no matter what i do but understand it's a combination of the cylinder head the mixture motion from the cylinder head the piston design to a much lesser extent and the fuel and the fuel calibration is going to result in that combustion sound. And then if you have, let's say, like a compacted graphite block versus a uh, a uh, cast iron block, you're going to transmit the sound a little bit differently. But that's where it gets back to knowing what those sound like. You say, "Oh man, I know what these I know what these Agco engines sound like, and this one sounds fine." You know, just like I don't have a you know a a, a a a singer's voice. I got a gravelly voice, so that's what Ray sounds like, and that's it. You know, whatever, put up with it. So, like I say, but it's something for you to understand, and it's very very important. And on the engines that you do have, it is a very very excellent bellwether for what is potentially happening. So, listen, hour and ten minutes into the show i didn't get a letter ready for you today but i do have some letters i want to go through them and then answer them but know that i always do get back to the people but i only choose certain letters to be on the show and i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you 
the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed week, and please reach out to me, enter that contest. I want to be, I'm running out of plates, but I want to get some more ordered. So I don't want to keep them in my basement. Have a blessed day. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.